G'day everyone, welcome back to episode 2 of Didn't Call Bank, the podcast hosted by me, Lyle Swithenbank, your favourite Aussie, all about the New Orleans Pelicans and beyond. Today we're going to have a chat about the first 10 games, what's been going on with these Pelicans, how to unpack the lineups, comments from Zion Williamson, is the sky falling? Let's find out today on Didn't Call Bank, let's go. Didn't call bank. Bank, bank, bank. Ready? Didn't call bank. From half court. It's gone! He banks it in! So welcome everyone. If this is your first episode, welcome. There was only a shorter one previously uh, to kick us off. Been a bit of a delay between the first two, of course. Uh, Work commitments and the like, you know, life gets in the way. But from now, we're flying. We're in in place. We're ready to go and uh, looking forward to... You know, chatting pearls, chatting basketball with you guys. It's been too long and, uh, you know, plenty to unpack. So let me introduce myself. I'm Lyle Swithenbank. You can follow me on X at Lyle Swithenbank. At Didn't Call Bank is the show. And uh, that's where everything's going to be posted. You can also check us out on Instagram and on TikTok at Didn't Call Bank as well. Uh, and you'll be able to find my personal pages all linked in there anyway. So we'll be doing highlights, things like that. If you want to go and give us a like and subscribe, that would be fantastic. And also on YouTube, of course, if you're watching on video, you can see the background. If you're just listening on uh, your podcast apps, well, you know, the dulcet tones will see you through. But I appreciate you tuning in, supporting us. You can find us on all of the podcast app. It's all connected. So looking forward to getting that up. You know, as soon as we film, we, we're going to publish these as fast as we can. We've got guests lined up. We've got plenty of big shows coming up. So let's get into it. So today, we're going to have a chat about the Pelicans. Let's kick off with that. Ten games in. You know, I'm not going to go and, and flesh out history. We know how we're going. You know, win against Grizzlies, win against Knicks, lost to the Warriors. Uh, we've got the Thunder. We had a win. We had... A win against Pistons, Hawks loss, Nuggets loss, Wolves loss, heartbreaking loss against the Rockets, and then the Mavericks, we got undone. Disappointing, well, exciting start, disappointing now, five-game losing streak for the Pelicans and convincing losers in uh, losses in all of them except that Rockets game where we gave up a fairly convincing lead in the last quarter and, uh, and ended up you know, losing that uh, 104 to 101 in the end, which devastating because we should have won that one. So what went wrong in those games? Well, if we isolate the big losses, you know, we lose to the Dubs, 130 to 102. We lose to the Hawks, 123 to 105. Nuggets, 134 to 116. Wolves, 122 to 101. And then the Mavericks, 136 to 124, which 
Sounds better than it was. That was the uh, the bench brigade in garbage time on the last in the last quarter because it was well and truly over by then. Who dragged that Maverick score back? But we're getting these same themes, and there's plenty of factors that come into it. One of it's health. Firstly, you've got guys out. Let's have a look who's out. Trey has been out for the whole season. CJ punctured lung against the Hawks. Uh, he suffered that before. Lost 17 games last time. They say it's not as bad as that. This time, well, you know, you're losing 20 points per game scoring there already. He had uh, the most minutes played per game when he was playing. He was the best player in the games that we have won and was really sliding into that third option, you know, distributing to the other guys and really having an impact, knowing when to take over and knowing when to delegate, which is a completely different CJ that we'd seen uh, in previous years purely because of circumstance. All of a sudden, we see the team healthy or healthier, starting lineup healthy, and, and all of a sudden, he starts playing really well. Unfortunately, slight uh, contusion, we love that word, but uh, puncture in that, in that lung, and we're still waiting to hear. We haven't seen much of him around the team. He does have a, a second child juice shortly as well. So difficult time for him and difficult time for the Pelicans. Herb Jones against the Nuggets. Dives for a loose ball. Jokic crashes down across his leg out with a fibula contusion, which has taken, you know, the best part of a week, if not longer, to, to get right. We have seen pictures of him on the Pelicans' Twitter page that he looks like he's near on ready to go. It's been game time decision or doubtful for the last, um, uh, you know, for the last couple of games. Hopefully, we see him out there tonight against the Mavericks in this, you know, dual sort of series in our home opener in the in-season tournament, which we've seen that uh, court, and we'll get to the skeleton in a bit. Larry Nance, we find out, against the Mavericks, disappears, comes back, looks a bit ginger, disappears again, Cody Zelazon, broken ribs, out 10 to 14 days, great way of saying two weeks. Um, without saying two weeks. But again, another injury, and we start getting thinner on top uh, in, in that front court even more. And Jose, no update. Perhaps soon. He looked a bit ginger in his warm-ups. He's starting to get back. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he uh, can drag uh, you know that ankle back to health and, and contribute later on in the season. Hopefully sooner rather than later, because that spark off the bench would be fantastic. We just saw Najee Marshall play his first game as well for the season after being out uh, for a number of weeks with that bone bruise in his knee as well. After we thought for the worst, and, and in the end it was just a couple of weeks. But you, you get one back, you lose another, which is devastating because it's so difficult. It is so difficult to get continuity, to get consistency, to get... An offense, you know, implemented, brand new offense, the James Borrego offense, as we've discussed before. When you just don't have the people on the court, and I know, we've been talking injuries for years. Every year, it's the same thing. I will not discount that. I cannot say be patient. I cannot say don't be frustrated because I'm frustrated with it. We come into the season with so much hype, and this one especially because the guys are all healthy, and then Brandon misses a few games to start the season. He comes back, it's a bit rusty. 
Zion misses a game for personal reasons. Um, guys in and out of the lineups. And when you've got that, it makes it really difficult to get consistency. The, the biggest or the most used lineup that we've had this season is the starting five. The, the starting five that we want. B.I., Herb, C.J., J.V., Zion. They've played 40 minutes across 10 games. That's not even a full game. Now, all right, let's say their, their allocation is 30 minutes apiece. Well, they play near on the first quarter together. So there's, you know, maybe 10 minutes at least a game to start. And then the third quarter they start it. We just haven't had the people on the court. And when you've got that and, and you step back and look at the percentages and the and the usage and the like, it makes it really obvious what this biggest issue is and it's continuity and guys dropping their heads because all of a sudden the roles start changing. And what we've been promised with the new offense, the movement offense, balls kicking to the corner, all of a sudden you don't have the personnel to do it. And that makes it really difficult. Because instead of being able to run a lineup with two of the big four, being JV, CJ, Brandon, Zion, it's just Brandon out there, or it's just Zion out there, or they're out there together. But then they've got average shooters. You know, Jordan Hawkins has been great, but he's been inconsistent. He's a rookie. He's had a great game, and he's had some not-so-great games. Matt Ryan... Junior play, you know, two-way player. Sniper, great games, not so great games. Dyson Daniels, great games, not so great games. Not a shooter. Showed out against the Mavs. But all of a sudden, the whole focus goes on to 1 or 14. And when we find a, a something that a team overreacts on against the Mavericks, they were double-teaming Jonas, we didn't exploit it. And that, to me, I think is unacceptable. In the preseason, we got beaten a, a fair bit, and it was because they didn't run plays. And when you're not going to run plays and, and practice your offense and, and implement it, maybe you're trying to keep trade secrets, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to call it, you don't get the reps. And by not getting the reps, you come in rusty, and you start learning on the fly. And learning on the fly causes mistakes. And that's going to take me into the next segment where... We're going to have a chat about turnovers and points off turnovers. Yay. Amazing. You know, we love talking about that. But that's the reality. That's where we've, we've come from and where we're going. Points off turnovers and turnovers. Against the Grizzlies, we had 21 turnovers. Points off turnovers, they had 28. We had 23. 20 times we gave up a possession. That was a game we won. We only won by uh, 12. Could we have blown them out with the personnel that they had at the time? Absolutely. Absolutely we could have, and we should have. Against the Knicks, they had 18 turnovers. And you beat them convincingly, 96 to 87. Felt like they were hanging around. We should have closed them out, but, you know, garbage time and the like. Points off turnovers, 23. They got off our 13 which to me is not good enough because you might get them to turn the ball over, but then you only turn around and get 14 points off turnovers. So not even a point per turnover have you managed to achieve 
by forcing them to give it up. And of course, not all turnovers are created equal. You know, live ball turnovers, ones that go out of bounds. You know, there's there's plenty of different types that you can get. Ones that don't turn into a run out, ones where they, they get back on defense. Not all of them are going to be a turnover at the top of the three-point line where you run in for a layup by yourself. But that's 18 possessions that they, didn't, they shouldn't have scored. Well, they didn't get to score on. That we took possession back. And we gave it back up 13 times. Now, there's, there's a lot of talk about you know, taking care of the ball. And it's been a, the story for the Pelicans for forever. Any team. You can't really win basketball games if you turn the ball over more than 10 to 12 times a game. I think that's probably the max. Three times a quarter maximum. And of that, you know, you give up maybe, hopefully, 12, 10 to 12 points. That, to me, where they're scoring 23 points off turnovers, that was in a, against a team that just couldn't shoot for a, to save themselves, is unacceptable. It shows we're not getting back on defense. It shows we're not getting defensive rebounds or crashing the board. It shows that we're making errant passes, rushing, playing too much, too much isolation, over-dribbling. All of these sorts of things where all of a sudden we play isolation ball instead of moving the ball from left to right to get easy layups, which every other team seems to be able to do against us. And we play one-on-one. We continue on against the Warriors. We had 11 turnovers. It's great. Warriors had 14. They had a lot of theirs in the first half, if you recall. 12 points off turnovers, 14. They somehow got more points than us. Again, that's them getting back in defense and us not. And we've seen it time and again. We're watching guys trail up the court. And then we're missing out on defensive rebounds and getting killed on the offensive boards. And that only happens from effort and buying. And we, we'll get to the little quote that we heard from, uh, from Zion after the most recent Mavs game about backseat buying. Another big one. Against the Nuggets, 134 to 116, we lose. Turnovers, we had 13. They had nine. You don't lose many games turning the ball over nine times. Let's, let's start there. They're not a fast team either. They don't rush. You've got the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic. Um, 22 points off turnovers to 13. So we had an opportunity. We turned the ball over nine times for them and got 22 points. What happened there is the better team won. Time and again, they executed and turned the ball over at times where we weren't able to exploit it. They hustled back or they let the easy ones go and, and set up for the next possession. There was an indecision and I feel like indecision is almost the key word for the Pelicans this year. Pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. Who's going to take it? Okay, well, now you've got 10 seconds. Now you've got to go and isolate. Well, set your half a screen. Time and again, we fall into this hero ball. Brandon's turn, Zion's turn. Brandon's turn, Zion's turn. Throw one to JV. Oh, he gets mauled. Looking for shooters. You know, we might hit one, we might not. Time and again. 
And that, to me, comes down to team before me. And if you're going to put your own stats and your own accolades and, you know, your own scoring to yourself above the team, well, you're going to lose out. You can't quit on one end. You have to buy in. We saw against the Mavericks, Dyson Daniels picked up full court on Luka Doncic every possession. Every possession, he chased him over screens, he got belted, he got hit. Luka still had a great game. But he was made to work. And when you're made to work on both ends, guys like that start to drop their heads. Unfortunately, they had Kyrie Irving, who also just torched us. But when you have situations like that and you're fortunate enough to be able to bring that effort, it should breed more effort. And instead, what we saw was one guy hustling back or two or three, and it's mostly the young guys. Matt Ryan was great. Hawk is great on defense as well. They fight for it. We're missing Herb, of course. But other guys just, you know, jog up the court. Oh, all the young guys will stop the break. And all of a sudden, you get this indecision and you miss out. Really disappointing in the end, um, the way that some of these games have turned, and it's because heads are dropping. Frustrating. Now, we'll go to Zion's quote. So after the Mavericks loss, he was interviewed, and he was, he's been admittedly not his jovial self in these media uh, responses this year and perhaps he's got a new tact it's a PR thing I don't know he's answering shorter you know he doesn't have time to sit there and be everyone's mate short and sweet and he got asked about what's changed between this year and last year and by Will Guillory of The Athletic um, wonderful writer if you get a chance you should be following him if you're not you're doing yourself a disservice on all things Pelicans he asked him What's changed from this year to from last year? He said, last year we got together, we had a team meeting, and we said, what I can do, I need to buy in, I need to be more involved. And so this year, I'm trying to buy in. I'm doing my best. I've taken a bit of a backseat as I try to buy in and doing my best to buy in. Now, the buzzword of that is buying, of course. Backseat, buying, and it's going to be spun. Of course it is. If you listen to it properly, it's more like I'm trying to get used to the team. I'm trying to find my place in the team. I'm trying to become a part of what's already established. He's been out for a year, you know, well, six, seven months. The year before, he was completely out. Culture was established. And whether that culture is good or it's not, it was established. There's friendship groups. We can see that. There's guys that like playing together. There's guys that, you know, aren't as good playing together with each other. And you're trying to fit in. When you're a, when you're a 1A, unicorn-type player, game changer and you have a guy that has been used to being the 1A in Brandon Ingram it's going to take time of course it is especially when you don't have a true point guard to be able to distribute even you know these guys are all playing this um, you know everyone brings the ball up at different times and I have no issue with that I think we have competent ball handlers but you don't have an even distribution it turns into well you've had 20 shots so I'll have 20 shots and it may not be conscious but that's just how it's been distributed He's trying to work out where his place is. He doesn't want to step on toes. He's a quiet guy at the end of the day. Brandon Ingram's a quiet guy as well. 
but he's established as the 1A. It's his team currently. It needs to be Zion's team. I think for us to have any hope, it needs to be Zion's team and everyone needs to play off him. That's just the reality. Will that take time to happen? Yes. Will Willie Green have to have hard conversations with Brandon Ingram? Absolutely. Am I confident in the ability of Brandon to adapt to playing as 1B to Zion? Absolutely as well. I think he can do that. I think the team is good enough able to do it it's about figuring out how we want to play this and uh, a hierarchy for want of a better term on the court now enough sort of solving the world's problems let's have a look what the bright sparks have been Dyson Daniels the uh, Jordan Hawkins wonderful we've seen Hawk uh, you know break the record for most threes in the first 10 games of an NBA career outstanding he's at 27 threes we needed shooting, and he's provided it in spades. I can't wait for him to not be guarded by... He can have the fifth best uh, defender when he's on. I cannot wait for that. And the gravity when you've got Trey on the court, when you've got uh, you know Zion, B.I., you can have a Jayhawk, you could even have a Matt Ryan uh, lineup as well, and all of a sudden you've just got shooters around your two best players. Unreal. Um, I really look forward to seeing that, and I think he's going to go strength for uh Strength for strength. Uh, strength to strength, pardon me. Uh, you know, he's going to continue to improve. Of course, there's rookie calls. Of course, there's, uh, you know, he's not going to get the, the nice rub of the whistle to begin. We've seen it for some unknown reason. The umpires love to haze rookies, and I don't understand it. Call it as you see it. You know, I don't know if we need to get a um, glasses sponsor for some of these umpires, but uh, some of them need it for sure. Um Another bright spark is a two-way play of Matt Ryan. He's been playing, defending like a madman, shooting three. He knows exactly what he's in there for. Does his shot always fall? Absolutely not. When it does, he's a complete game changer. In our, in our best games, in our winning games, he's been one of our best players. Purely because his shot's falling and his ability to change the game with momentum-busting threes. We don't have many players like CJ, perhaps, but not often have we been able to get a guy pull up in transition and hit a three like Matt Ryan can. Jordan Hawkins is starting to... He's got that X factor about him. Trey can do it on occasion, and when he's hot, he can hit him from anywhere. But consistently, Matt Ryan is the guy that can absolutely light it up, and I've been really impressed with how he's played. Um, and, and I look forward to seeing more of that uh, going forward. So... What else has happened in the 10 games? We had the release of the City jerseys, the Skeleton, uh, which if you go back through the tweets, I may have spelled it wrong, but I said it first. But anyway, don't uh, don't worry. I'm not going to keep receipts. Um, wonderful logo. Love what they've done with the voodoo, with the purple and the fluoro green, the glow-in-the-dark sort of green. Uh, the in-season tournament home game kicks off against the Mavs, which I'm looking forward to seeing with the new court. It looks like the least... Uh, brutal to watch on. The red ones in the in-season tournament, the red courts, are woeful to watch on TV. So I'm looking forward to seeing a bit uh, maybe softer court uh, for the Pelicans and, and it might make it easier to watch. Uh, hopefully it improves their performance on the court as well. But I do love the city jerseys, love all of the uh, the Skeleton logos and what they've done with the purple and the green. I think it looks excellent, completely different to what we've done for all, all ever. 
and uh, I can't wait for them to get be made available in Australia so I can go and get some um, unless one of you want to ship it internationally for me. Um, but you can comment underneath or message me if you would like to be a post box for me. That would be wonderful. Um, now, underused this year, Jonas Valanciunas. I think given the injuries, you would think that you would run more plays through him. I think James Brago likes running things out of the post. Instead, what we've seen is this underutilized big man. I know we don't use we don't want to use him, we want to trade him and all that sort of stuff. But if you've got him, he's a luxury that we could use. And use him we should. I look forward to them running some plays out of the post. Perhaps the umpires might actually see him get hacked once in a while. Perhaps. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a uh, not a psychic, but I'd love to see some plays out of the post and guys playing off of Jonas. We saw it now and then. He's a great passer. He In the Mavericks game, they like double him. So if they're going to double him again, then get those shooters on the same side as Jonas. Feed that ball in. Kick it back out. He's more than happy to. That's why I look forward to seeing that. Fingers crossed we get Herb back. Um... The luxury of playing the same team twice in three days is that you know what you're up against. You know what Luca looks like. You know what Kyrie wants to do. You know what um, the other guys there, all the Aussies, they've got Exum and Green on that team as well, which um, has been awesome to see all the, the future Olympic gold medalists, uh, you know, playing like all together um, with Dyson on our side, obviously. Three Aussies I've got on that side, actually, with Kyrie Irving. But, you know, he picked the wrong team to go and support. He could be with us, but, you know, again, whatever. He's made his, he's made his bed. Um, that team likes to play fairly fast. Not the fastest, but they play with pace, but they don't rush. They know where the ball's going. They put each other in positions to be successful. And it helps when you've got all NBA players. You've got two of them, two all-stars. Luke is the leading scorer in the whole league while averaging eight rebounds and eight assists. It makes it very difficult to guard. I'm hoping if you have Herb and Dyson, well, they can guard one another. But, uh, uh, you know, one Kyrie, one Luca, which would be wonderful, but we'll see. What I want to see in this game is urgency. I want to see them crash the glass. I want to see them rebound. I want to see them take time to... Think about what they're going to do. Play with instinct. That's what we were meant to be doing in the preseason. They were meant to have had this amazing instinct that they were developing. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to them playing instinctually when it finally clicks in. You don't always have to be the hero. You can win together. And when the players are out and your rotations are all muddled up, make the best of a bad situation by getting others involved. Get the assists up. Get the rebounds. Do the hard things to make the scoring easier. Get the rebounds. Advance it. Piss bolt up the court. They'll find you. Get the easy ones. Because all of a sudden, in the back of the opponent's mind, they have to think about it. This guy's going to push up the court. I need to go. And you catch people thinking and double thinking and triple thinking. And all of a sudden, you're getting easy layups. I don't know. Food for thought. Play with effort. Take care of the basketball. Rebound the ball. 
That's my three takeaways for the game. Now, I think I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to get more shows out. They'll come, as I said, uh, probably more consistently now that are a bit more settled. Uh, don't have any more trips coming up for now. Keep you informed as to anything coming up. But this has been episode two of Didn't Call Bank. I appreciate you taking the time to watch or listen. Go and follow us and subscribe on YouTube. Like and subscribe and leave a review. Comment down below. If you're on your listening device, go and give us a five-star review because we appreciate as we grow the show that uh, you know you guys are sticking with us and, and continuing to uh, you know support me and everything that I'm doing. We're just here to chat pills. We don't need to be too serious. So anyway, I'm Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on X, at Didn't Call Bank on X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Stay safe. Remember, we didn't call bank, we called game. Bye for now. Didn't call bank.